A Day No Pigs Would Die, Chapter 2. Haven Peck! Somebody was yelling out Papa's name, but I couldn't see anything. And it was real strange because my eyes were open. They sort of stinged, so I blinked, but the fog was still there. There was a wool blanket around me. I could feel the wool rub against the raw place on my arm, but the hurt of it seemed to keep me awake and keep me alive. There were more voices now. I heard Papa answer, and the man who was carrying me asked him, Is this your boy? There's so much blood and dirt and Satan on him, I can't tell for sure. Besides, he's near naked. Yes, said Papa, that's our Robert. And then I heard Mama's voice, soft and sweet like music, and I could feel her hands on my head and my hair. Aunt Carrie was there, too. She was Mama's oldest sister, who lived with us. Strong hands were touching my legs now, and then my ribs. I tried to say something about not being in school. Somebody had some warm water and washed my face in it. The water had lilac in it and smelled right restful. We're beholding to you, Benjamin Tanner, said Papa, for fetching him home. Whatever he's done, I'll make it right. Better to look at his arm. It got tore up worse than proper. Maybe broke. Haven, I heard Mama say. The boy's holding something in his hand. Can't make it out. I felt them taking something from my right hand. I didn't want to render it up, but they took it. I'd never seen the like of it, Mama said, like it's near to be alive. I could hear Mr. Tanner's rough voice over the others. I know what that is. It's a goiter. Goiter? Where'd he get it? It's an evil thing, but for now let's tend his arm. Mr. Tanner, we may not go to cut away part of the, your blanket. Ain't mine. Belongs to my horse, so cut all your mind to. I felt Papa pulling the blanket down off my right shoulder until he got it in the clotted blood. I heard the jackknife click open and cut away part of the wool. I tied my bandana on his arm, said Mr. Tanner, so he wouldn't bleed dry. When Papa loosened it up, Mr. Tanner said, He'll bleed again with it loose, Haven. He will, said Papa, and that'll be a good thing for his arm. Let it open up and holler out all that dirt. Only way to treat a wound is to bleed it till it's clean as a cat mouth. True. Lucy, Papa spoke, spoke soft to Mama. Better get a needle threaded. He'll want sewing. He picked me up in his arms, carried me into the house, into the kitchen. He let me flat on the long lamis table face up. Mama put something soft under my head, and Aunt Carrie kept washing me off with the lilac water while Papa cut off my shirt and took off my boots. The poor lamb, said Mama. Somebody put a hand on my forehead to see if I was cool. It was followed by a cold, wet cloth, and it felt real good. Funny, but it was the only thing on my entire body that I could feel. Then I felt the first of Mama's stitches going into the meat of my arm. I wanted to yell out, but it didn't have the will for it. Instead, I just lay there on my back on that old kitchen table and let Mama sew me back together. It hurt. My eyes filled up with crying, and the water ran in rivers to my ears, but I never let out a whimper. When I had took all the sewing to be took, and by this time I must have been more thread than boy, Papa burdened me upstairs to my room. I could smell Mama, crisp and starched, plumping my pillow and the cool muslin sheet and pillowcase touching both my ears and the back of my head, sinking into all those feathers. Tell Mr. Tanner, I said. Mama rushed to where my head was, and Papa and Aunt Carrie were at the bed foot. Tell Mr. Tanner, I said again, that were he to look up on the ridge, he'd find a calf. I helped it get born. Afterward, old Apron was still choking, so I had to rip that ball out of her throat, and, and I didn't mean to skip school. I'll be, said Papa. Where are your trousers, Rob, said Aunt Carrie, who took quite a stock in appearances. Up on the ridge. 
When I tied them around a tree, they got busted some. I'm sorry, Mama. You'll just have to cut me out another pair. Mama put her face right down close to mine, and I could smell her goodness. I'm preference to men busted pants than a busted boy. I, I can't feel nothing in my right hand. That's because it's resting, said Mama. It wants to get well, and so do you. So, right about now, your Paul and Carrie and I are going on tiptoe out of here and let you get some rest. You earned it. They left, and I closed my eyes and went right off. Later, I woke up and Mama brought me a dish of hot succotash and a warm glass of milking, fresh from the evening pail. The bubbles were still on it. That's real good, I said. At bedtime, Papa came upstairs with his big shoes kicking one of the risers and brought me one of the last of the winter apples from the cellar. He pulled up a chair close to my bed and looked at me for a long time while I ate the apple with my left hand. You mending? Yes, Papa. I ought to lick you proper for leaving the schoolhouse. Yes, Papa, you ought. Someday you want to walk into the bank in, in learning and write down your last name, don't you? Yes, sir. I don't cotton to raise a fool. No, Papa. I tried to move my right arm, but it made me wince up. I couldn't help but make a noise about it. She bit you up fair, that cow, clear to the bone. Sure did. I always thought cows don't bite. Anything will bite, be it provoked. I guess I provoked a old apron. Boy, she sure did some provoking on me. You put a hand in her mouth? Yes. You rip out that goiter? Yes, sir. Was that for or after the calving? I disremember. All I recall is that apron was choking something fearful with a piece of stuff in her throat and that she wanted me to fetch it out. So you tore out that gator? Yes, sir. Her calf was hung up, too, so I tore him out, too. Tore my pants and tore myself. Between me and the calf and apron, we tore up a good part of Vermont as well as each other. How do you feel? Like if I die, at least I'll stop hurting. Best you don't complain. A boy skips school and don't get no stick put to him. No, sir, I won't complain, except when I move. It's sharp and sudden and my arm is real numb. It's the rest of me that's in misery. Where? My backside and my privates. I'm stuck so full of prickers it makes me smart just to think of it. Every damn... What I hear? Every darn pricker in Vermont must be in me, working their way through and coming out yonder side. It's enough to sell your soul. Well, if your soul looks as poorly as your carcass, I don't much guess it'll bring much. I don't guess it will. Papa fished around in his pocket. Here's two beads of spruce gum. One's for me, but I don't mention you'd want one. Oh, yes, I sure would, please. Here, then. Might help to forget where those prickers are nested. It's helping already. Thanks, Papa. The spruce gum was hard and grainy at first. Then the heat of your mouth begins to melt it down so it's worth the chewing. That bit that Papa gave me was rich and full of sappy juices, except that every so often you have to spit out a flick of bark. I saw a sumac today, boy. Is it ripe yet? Out of his pocket, Papa pulled a twig of sumac that was finger thick and four inch long. How's that look? Papa, that looks real good. Got your knife? Papa cracked out his knife, ringed the bark, and set a good notch at one end. All there was left to do now was to bucket soak it overnight, just enough to slip the bark sleeve and boil it to kill the poison. That'll be some whistle, Robert. Sure will. A boy with a whistle as fine as this won't have no earthy reason to skip school. You have a mind to agree? I agree, Papa. He stood up, big and tall, with his head not quite bumping the roof of my bedroom. Don't be going to sleep with that spruce gum in your mouth. I won't, Papa. He bent down and pulled up the crazy quilt up around my throat. I could tell by the smell of his hand that he'd killed pigs today. There was a strong smell to it, like stale death. 
That smell was almost always on him, morning and night, until Saturday when he'd stripped down to the white and stand in the kitchen washtub up to his shins in hot soapy water and wash himself clean of the pigs and the killing. He smelled the best on Sunday morning when I sat next to him at Shaker meeting. He smelled just like a big brown bar of soap that he used, and sometimes there was a store-bought pomade on his hair. But when you kill pigs for a living, you can't always smell like Sunday morning. You just smell like hard work.